0: Generally when you go to medical sexual health they tell you over the phone if you've got something if you've got gonorrhea syphilis whatever but for this particular instance they refused to tell me over the phone and when i asked them why all they would say was sorry we can't talk to you about it over the phone you have to come in
1: a diagnosis by default there's got to be a better way than that surely
0: welcome to inside hiv the podcast for positive people Made possible thanks to the Victorian AIDS Council, VAC, Working Together, and Vive Healthcare, Positive Action Community Grants. Follow on Twitter at HIV Podcast and like us on Facebook.
1: I'm Dean Beck. In this episode of Inside HIV, we meet a young guy who has literally risen from the ashes, and he's done so in record time. Having survived the destructive forces of internalised stigma, today's guest is about to undertake an artistic project and one that you can be a part of. Camden Tilly, welcome to Inside HIV.
0: Thank you very much for having me here, Dean. How old are you? I'm 22. 22?
1: 22. Mm. And you received a diagnosis less than 12 months ago.
0: Yeah, it was in April last year. Um, it was one week before my 22nd birthday. actually I... It was a sort of an early birthday present to mm, me, per cheers. se.
1: Tell me what that felt like. Uh, it's still very fresh and raw, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, <sighs> There's a, a few things there. Like uh, the initial... When I was initially diagnosed, my first, like the first three seconds were just like end of the world, which it felt like that everything around me was falling apart. I'd just graduated uni. I was starting to try and do stuff and get back into writing music and all that. And that sort of just all went downhill. I had to quit my job as a result because of depression. I couldn't really talk to anyone about it. Most of my friends that I tried to talk to about everything, how I was feeling, we just got very difficult because they didn't really know how to react and how to actually talk to me and so, like to support me for it so it became i became very isolated as a result um
1: on the day go back to that moment of your diagnosis mm-hmm. just tell me the physical reaction that you had when you received that information
0: instant shock um i i felt very emotionally numb i I didn't really know what was going to happen. Um, yeah, just my life just sort of stopped.
1: Do you recall what they said to
0: you? Do you recall what the doctors actually? <laughs> it's just the blatant spiel that I've sort of come to learn over the times. It's like you know, it's a manageable disease. It's, it's, you, you'll, it, everything will be okay. Like you know, medication will look after you. We'll keep an eye on you. you basically, you're just going to be as healthy as anything, but. You just need to keep an eye on what you do and all that sort of stuff.
1: Um, And was this through a private practice
0: or through... Melbourne uh, Sexual Health Clinic. okay.
1: The clinics are 50% of diagnosis. Your average GP is the other 50% in this state at least. Mm. Um, And tell me what uh, your uh, response to them was. Were you happy with the way in which they handled it?
0: Well, this comes down to... I was generally, when you go to Melbourne Sexual Health... They tell you over the phone if you've got something, if you've got gonorrhea, syphilis, whatever. But for this particular instance, they refused to tell me over the phone. And when I asked them why, all they would say was, well, sorry, we can't talk to you about it over the phone, you have to come in. And that, for me, instantly, I instantly knew what was wrong. I was at home by it's, myself. It it's was,
1: diagnosed by default, isn't
0: it? Yeah, it's yeah. like, we're not going to tell you that you've got <laughs> diagnosed, but by not telling you, we were, you know. By insisting you come in. Yeah. You have told. And I've never had... Being there, going there for two years, I've never had to do that.
1: So, that's a very weird uh, situation to be in in itself. Mm. Yeah. I mean, that's a horrible position
0: to be in. Especially when you're at home by yourself at the time.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, how did you... Uh, deal with that or did did you go straight in well, what,
0: what did you do did you hang back well the f- weird part about that day was I was I had a tattoo booked to go in in Brunswick and my friend was picking me up and taking me there so I had someone to go with me because I already had a schedule point for that afternoon but the going there it just the car ride was just completely silent so like my friend didn't know my ex best friend at the time who since left me as a result of my diagnosis um didn't know what to say um didn't really know what to do um what
1: do you mean, left you as a result of your
0: diagnosis? Uh, during September last year, um, the night that we had the thunderstorm asthma, yeah, yeah, that yeah, night, yeah. Um, I found out uh, who I got HIV from. It was a close friend. Um, I had a full-on breakdown at that time. I'd actually been doing drugs that night. So it was literally like doing drugs and then finding out through this friend who was there with me and then had a breakdown, couldn't breathe, had to go to Alfred Hospital as a result. And the next day, um, he came up to my place and wanted to get me institutionalized into a psychiatric ward. His words were, um, if you don't come with me now, then that's it. And I said, no, I just need a friend right now. Instead of actually being there to spot me, he just left my apartment. And I've never spoken or seen to him since. Seen him since. Well, I'm very sorry to hear that. That's okay. Shit happens. Yeah. <laughs> I went a lot through the experience who my good friends were and who... You know, I learned through who could be, who was there for me. Mm. And since since that experience and since December where I actually attempted suicide, I've been able to learn to talk about it more and meet people who actively want to talk about it and are there to want to just support me and all that. So that's been good.
1: So you had at least eight or nine months of uh, what sounds like hell.
0: Yeah, it was. It was literally hell in every sense of the word. I mean, I... No, I had to quit my job. I couldn't sustain a job. I've just recently been fired from my previous job as a result of the fatigue that I get from the medication for my HIV. They covered it as performance and behaviour, but and I tried to take it um, to court, but because of the way they'd phrased things and little things that I'd done, they just covered it up as another thing, and there was no way. I had a friend who's a workplace lawyer, and I couldn't do anything about it according to him. So, yeah, at the moment I'm unemployed as a well. result. Um, I lost my again my best friend um my housemate also left me like the same week i then was left alone for about two months which eventually weeded up to my attempted suicide while i was unemployed
1: it sounds like a combination of things uh rolling in on top of you at a time when you're most vulnerable um did you seek uh uh, Any of the services that are provided through, um, you know, the likes of the Victorian AIDS Council? I did did
0: try a bit. I've um, since have been volunteering for Living Positive Victoria. Um, I've been trying to get more involved in the community a bit more. I did try and get um, support from my GP at um, Centre Clinic in St Kilda, Um, but the psychologist that they tried to put me for didn't have an open schedule for about three months, and so all these people that I was trying to go see, the support wasn't available for me. So the only support that I had was my friends. And at that stage, m- most of my friends had left me or weren't, didn't have the knowledge and education experience to actually be able to talk about what I was going through or understand.
1: The uh, counselling services through the Victorian AIDS Council um, operate, uh, and, and Centre Clinic is a part of that, um, is that what you were trying to access? Um, w- it seems very odd to me that they wouldn't... Uh... It wasn't
0: specifically... The, like I didn't go through the AIDS Council specifically. I was trying to... Initially, I was trying to go through... Initially, friends first, because I've always been firm to believe that if friends are there to support you, you're there to support them. And that's a major issue that I yeah. had, was being socially isolated. And in my mind, seeing a psychologist or someone or a counsellor isn't a very healthy way of dealing with a problem. I mean, yes, it can help, but my problem was just having no one else. And that that was a thing that really kicked me in the balls and hurt a lot.
1: Yeah, but to get to the point of, you know, wanting to take your own life, that's uh that that is a, at a crisis point. Um, mm. So, what did you do to to get out of that? Uh, what uh, did you do to <laughs> to rebuild?
0: Uh well, since December, um I've I found a new group of friends I have started seeking. um, I've actually found a psychologist that actually is very helpful in getting me through things at the moment. Um, I've just uh, got my lovely supportive boyfriend for the first time in three years who was also diagnosed the same week as me actually last year. Um, And that's been good to be able to have someone who went through the same thing at the same time who I can talk openly and communicate with, which has been very, very helpful for me.
1: Mm. Did you... Uh, engage in any of the Phoenix course here in Victoria, Genesis in New South Wales?
0: I, I I attempted to, but the issue that I had there was I was still afraid of not just myself, but just sort of the stigma. And even though I knew it was a safe environment, I didn't want to go by myself. I didn't know anyone at the time. It just it just felt like a, I was pushing myself and I didn't want to push too far. Because just just the fear of just sort of not being accepted, even though I again I knew it was a perfectly fine environment to be in, because I've got. In fact, everybody
1: there is in exactly the same position. I know,
0: yeah, that's just sort of the ironic part in my mind. So, like, I just didn't, I didn't have the confidence, I guess, then at the stage mm-hmm. to reach those networks that were available.
1: When did you go on
0: treatment? In, I went on treatment uh, about the end of May so
1: a month or so after about a month and a half yeah, after
0: right. yeah there was the new medication they want to put me on the new trial that was just starting I don't remember the name of it but because um, my um, HIV type it was a wild virus and uh, you know I was perfectly suited for it but because of just I was suffering very bad symptoms I was getting like the fatigue badly I was sleeping literally 16 hours a day I was having you know diarrhoea headaches basically the whole shebang um, and and I was just like, no, I'm not waiting another three weeks. Just put me on Trimec. Just put me on it now, because I, I just I, am, I want this to end.
1: And when that took place, uh, how how quickly did that kick in? How, how any About side effects from that?
0: Two weeks, I was back to normal. Like I've still got the fatigue, which is sort of the big issue for me. But since I was a child, I've always been very I've always had the fatigue, and so it's sort of it's just an exacerbated just exacerbate a level of fatigue that is more than I'm normally used to. Um, and like I'm currently trying to take, you know, multivitamins and actually be more healthy with what I'm eating and trying to get my energy levels back up.
1: And any treatment uh, symptoms?
0: No. There's nothing that so side far... Side effects, I
1: mean? <laughs>
0: just, um, no, the side, only side effect fr- 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 is literally the fatigue. That's yeah, the only yeah, thing yeah. that I suffer yeah, from. Right.
1: Uh, so getting on treatment mm. uh, and receiving... I'm presuming you've received a undetectable that is uh, correct. diagnosis. What was that like for you to get that information, to get that news?
0: Oh, it was it was very comforting to know that I was you know as healthy as anyone else.
1: Did it relieve you of some of the mental anguish? That-
0: a little bit, but the what of the mental anguish and sort of stress that I was facing was as a result of other people not knowing what undetectable meant. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that is something that we all face on a regular basis. Um, Uh, I I mention it often. I'll mention it again. We need a national uh, campaign across the entire community of all sectors and all sexualities and all genders. We need a public campaign to educate people on what undetectable and treatment as prevention is all about.
0: Yeah, it's just... The, the ignorance of education and not knowing is mm. one of the major challenges that the stigma of HIV individuals is facing at the moment. It's just not knowing, and that that kills a lot of people. I've got friends who have who are HIV-positive or HIV-undetectable and don't want to talk about it because just people, every time they mention it, they just get shut down instantly, They're mm. seen as dirty or unclean.
1: You cite stigma as one of the main issues regarding your challenges uh, in your mental health realm. Um, mm-hmm. Can you tell me what or what percentage of that is perhaps internalised stigma and what percentage of that is actual experienced external stigma?
0: I would say it's almost a 50-50 for me. Mm-hmm. Almost. Probably a, the internalised stigma is a bit more um, just because... Because of all the, the scare campaigns that happened back in the 80s and 90s, it sort of filters over to today. You're
1: not even old enough to know. If, uh, you weren't even born when they were on.
0: Yeah, but uh, I, I'm, I'm well-educated. <laughs> um, I went to university. Um, <laughs> but, you know... A lot that, of-
1: that actually upsets me because what that is is a real hangover from a period that um, you need not be impacted by.
0: No, but it still impacts. It impacts everyone. I mean, that half the reason that people are afraid is because everyone sees it as still as a death sentence, like the Grim Reaper campaign.
1: Well, I would hope that we are continuing to educate people that that is not the case. But it certainly felt that way to you when you received your diagnosis. Yes, yeah,
0: it did. It like it, like I said before, it initially felt like my world had ended. I mean, I'd been educated roughly about HIV because I you know I had a few scares in the past. Um, as a result of my mental health and just not caring about myself much anymore. And, you know, I read up and tried to educate myself a bit more, but nothing could have really ever prepared me for that moment on the phone where I, I was told to come in and not, not knowing why. Mm, mm.
1: It's actually a torturous way to deliver a diagnosis. We might have a little chat to Melbourne Sexual Health about that um, because there's probably a better way. Mm. But if you can put your resilience uh, to get you to this point down to any one thing what would that be to get you through that that really tough mental uh time that you went through or was it a case of hitting rock bottom first
0: it was hitting it was which we hitting rock bottom first okay. and building my way up from the top there like the last three months two months has been such a dramatic shift in sort of my perspective of everything in terms of how i see myself what i'm trying to do um, just educating people as well I seem to do it every day unintentionally
1: we it, it's a role we take on board whether we like it or not yeah. um, uh, and you know it has its benefits but it can get
0: it gets tiresome it Can get
1: tiresome yeah, yeah, yeah sure can uh, what is it that uh, you have found to to give you strength uh, through this time I know that you've Connected with some HIV social networks. Mm. Um, tell me how that has worked for you.
0: I guess having that sort of background in support for me, especially with Living Positive Victoria and all that, it gives me a foundation of, to work out from in terms of being able to talk to people. How did you first connect with them? I, um, I don't really actually remember. I think, I think someone mentioned it briefly towards me. But I think I think it was very much, I just sort of, it was just, I did it myself. I just wanted to reach, it was just probably around August, September, I actually wanted to do something, try and better myself and try and be involved a bit more. And I just sort of was seeking positions. And I think it's Dimitri who um, I spoke to him and, and he's like, yeah, we want you on board. Um, I haven't done that much at this stage because I've been recovering, as it were, but um,
1: simply connecting to an organisation. Yeah, uh, it's helped. Makes you, well, it, it, it breaks down the door that lays between you at least. You've yeah. got a line of communication by simply connecting
0: with them. Exactly. And yeah. you know, like I, I march with them for um, right. Pride March. I've, so, never, I've never even done Pride March before, ever. So that was a very um, embraced experience for me this that's year. That's
1: a huge leap in less than 12 months from where you've come from. Yes. Yeah. Wow.
0: It's yeah. It's like I said, dramatic shift. New yeah, year, yeah, new yeah. me.
1: So owning uh, your diagnosis is that the key to your resilience to, to to countering the stigma. I think
0: a little bit like the the whole new attitude for my you know, the motto is which new year, new me, and I'm just trying to just not give a shit about what people think anymore. I, I've I've been so. All my life I've been put down by people and made to feel like a lesser person for other reasons, whether it be gay, whether it be the weird creepy geek that sits in the library reading books all the time. And after everything that's happened in the last year, I've just sort of reached a point where it's like, I don't give a fuck what you think anymore. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's... A, well done. Yeah. Some people
1: never get to that point in their life. No, I've noticed that. <laughs> Well done, indeed. I'll put that down as a win. Um, New year, new me. That's a a great little uh, saying. But to own it to the point that you then go public and walk down a street with others in the same situation, that's huge.
0: Mm, It was a little bit terrifying. Um, But I felt like, for me, I needed to do it. Yeah, right. Not for anyone else. But there's a little bit for everyone else because, you know, you're trying to make...
1: Well, in doing it, you're doing it for others. Yeah. So how do you you feel different now?
0: I'm able to feel for starters and Mm -hmm. be able to open about those feelings. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel more confident, um, not just because I'm able to talk about it, but because I'm getting other people talking about it as well. I'm trying to do projects that actually create a platform of open discussion for people to actually tell their stories, people who may not be comfortable talking about it publicly or being able to, you know, be anonymous about it and without having the fear that they would be looked badly against. It's so I'm sort of, you know, trying to be a centre point for multiple people at this stage, unintentionally, albeit, but, it, you know, it's sort of the way it sort of happened on weirdly for me.
1: We're speaking with Camden Tilly on Inside HIV who is about to undertake a project that is... Uh Well, reveals his story around his diagnosis, but also others. Um, I'm conscious of the fact that as yet I haven't mentioned uh, that if any of this conversation has been challenging to you and you do wish to speak to someone, Lifeline is there for you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Their number is 13 11 14. That's 13 11 14. And you can find out other information for your mental health at beyondblue.org.au. Camden, this project that you're undertaking, what about, what is it that you are um, going
0: to do? Uh, well, the project um, is called HIV Me. It's basically an installation project which details the stories of not just health as you mentioned, but... Anyone who's been either affected by HIV individually or through someone they know, um, it's the purpose of it really is to explore the stigma that surrounds HIV. Um, but specifically in my story, it's the mental health aspect, mm-hmm. the ability, the you know, the, the feelings that you can't really describe to other people that you want to be able to talk about, but because you're afraid or because you just don't know how someone might react. Um, it's just trying to, again, create an open platform and just be able to generate discussion in a safe and constructive environment.
1: It really pisses me off that we still have not connected the dots between uh, HIV, mental health uh, and um, alcohol and and drug use. Um, They're not interdependent of each other um, for gay men particularly they are directly associated with each other and uh, we still haven't put in place um, you know our best practice in mental health for the HIV sector. Um, It is absolutely appalling and uh, something really needs to be done. The first time a campaign actually did connect the dots was two years ago and ACON did a a thing with um, Beyond Blue uh, but there is still so much work to be done in that space, and uh, the sooner we get it done, the better. Uh, regardless of your HIV status, um, the, the three
0: things intersect. And that's very true for me as well. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, I totally get that. I totally get that. So, I want to know what you're doing for your mental health, um, firstly, before we go any further.
0: Um, well, again, as I mentioned earlier, no, I'm seeing a psychologist for the mm-hmm. first time. Good. Um, which has been. Are hard. you happy with them? Yes. Good. No, that's important. It is important. I mean, obviously, um, <laughs> a, a, so, a so, good counselor
1: is very important.
0: That's my. Note, if, that's. If,
1: a, <laughs> if you're not getting a good counselor, find another
0: one. Yeah, I've got my pet counselor that I pay, and then I've got my boyfriend who's my in-house oh, counselor. Well, they're 24/7. even better. Yeah, yeah. So he has to listen to me bitch and moan all the time. But on top of that, I'm, I'm trying to get again more involved in Living Positive Victoria. Hmm. Um, And just, again, just just talk about it. Talking is the best way to
1: Absolutely, absolutely. This project, see, I'm a little, as someone who was an ambassador for the Enough Stigma campaign um, and have been with that campaign since day one, I have had my own journey around stigma um, and it is now at a point where I want to celebrate successes and resilience, not focus on on the woe is me, my life is crap. Mm. Um, so this project that you're undertaking, what is it that you're going to do to communicate the strength that can be shown in that space rather than the pathetic um, victim?
0: Mm. Okay. Uh, I guess there's a flip side to this. There's the... Obviously, what I'm trying to create with this project is get people who may not know much about HIV or a negative or whatever your status Get them to understand that what they say impacts on people. Mm-hmm. What, how little things like saying, you know, people on grind to say you are on, uncle- no, um, I'm clean, you know, whatever. Things like that over time add up and actually create the stigma, internalized stigma of how someone who's HIV positive or undetectable sees themselves. Mm-hmm. And so, what the project is doing for that is to get people to realize this and then be able, to create a pl- be able to talk about it in a more positive um, environment, in, in a more positive context uh, to generate that actual, that actual discussion.
1: Your project is trying to be just about every artistic expression it could possibly be. Could you explain it for us, please? Uh, just call this a multimedia project. would not yeah. be
0: doing it justice. I know, I know, I know. Um, well, I graduated Victorian College of the Arts in 2015, so I am primarily a composer right um, and so the main part of the project is a musical there's a live music element to it mm-hmm. but I also am incorporating elements such as projection installation art um, and life modeling um, as
1: in life drawing type life yeah because uh,
0: know um, <laughs> because a lot of the reasons why I've become more confident in myself since the new year's I went to Perth in December for the new year and I met um, a good friend of mine Andrew who's a composer. Um, and he got me into life modelling it's so made me more confident about myself and my body Fantastic. and how I perceive myself
1: Good stuff.
0: Um, and so that's a really important aspect to me but also in this project I'm actually drawing in off people's stories and getting them to contribute by telling, you know, little, there's just little stories about how, you know, being HIV positive or undetectable um, has affected their both personal and professional lives and even in a small way or how they then perceive themselves and that that's sort of through the negative, I hope to create a more positive outlook, and in terms of mental health and discussion.
1: Well, here at the podcast for positive people, we like to focus on positive. Um, we've spent far too much of our lives dealing with the negative, and I'm very pleased to uh, help you promote this project. What is it that you're asking of us, the community?
0: What I want from the community is to firstly just share your story, tell us how hv has affected you how has it you know have you had to leave your job have you lost a friend have you you know felt like you're all alone in the world i want to hear those stories and then create something positive and good about it um but also i've got a possible campaign because not everything um comes free in life unfortunately and much to my dismay HIV came free but not this project <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, this possible campaign that I'm trying to create so far in the past uh, two weeks. Um, we've gained about $1,800 of a $3,000 goal. There's still, 19, but there's still 19 days remaining. I, like yeah. the, the support from the community so far has been outstanding. These are some people I don't even know at this stage.
1: So the date of the end of the possible campaign is uh, well, roughly? Roughly. 24th of March. That's the one. Um, is the end of the campaign. So you need about another... Let's say another eighteen hundred would be nice.
0: It would be nice. But
1: okay. <laughs> how do we find that and how do we tell our stories?
0: Excellent. So you can share you can like and contribute to the project on the Facebook page, which is ww.facebook.com slash HIV one word. And there you can support your story, uh, support the project by sharing your story. You can send me either a private message if you don't want to make it public, or you could comment on the page. And there'll
1: be links to both that and the possible campaign. On the blog post of this edition of Inside HIV at insidehiv.net, which is where you'll find those links. Camden Tilly, thank you very much for sharing your story. Um, gently, gently, look after yourself along the way. <laughs> Please report back to us when you are. Uh you know, releasing this project will get you in again to talk about it.
0: Excellent, I can't wait for that, Dean.
1: As I said, links to Facebook and the Possible campaign inside HIV.net is where it's at. And again, if any of this conversation has challenged you, please check out Lifeline 13, 11, 14. John, hey, how are you? Not too bad. How's your week been? You were a bit miserable last
2: week. Yeah, it was. Um, this week's become a lot better. Yeah. Um, yeah, things are looking up. <laughs> yeah. There's a glint in your eye. <laughs> what's going on? Um, yeah, started dating someone. Right. Out of the blue. Okay. Things are looking good. Mm. Taking things a lot slower. Yeah, knows what's going on. I was very honest with him, open, and he's grateful. How was the disclosure process? While well, we're having dinner. Um, well, you do,
1: right. Over fish and chips, or um, you've yeah. just
2: sort of dropped it in? Yeah, sort of dropped it in. We're talking about past um, relationships and everything that's brought up. And yeah, it was quite accepting of it because his last partner was HIV positive. So cool. It was understanding. So it's all going quite well. Very good. Very good. Okay. Early days. Yeah, it is early days, but take things slow. What else has been happening? Uh, I've been to a couple of dance parties and they've been quite Mm. eye-opener. Tell me more. Um, Yeah, how many people actually use the dark rooms that don't even practice safe sex at all. And that was quite alarming for me to see that.
1: Is this a new revelation to you? Is this a side of the scene that you've not seen before?
2: It is. It is. Um, Never come across before never one having to do with it and the the last two they're getting dragged in there to have a look it was quite an eye opener and how did you take that? I'm quite surprised Um, I didn't stay in there long Mm -hmm. Um, yeah I was still a bit out of my comfort zone so yeah I left the room quite quickly (laughs) you didn't indulge? No. (laughs) No. no no me and the other the guy I'm seeing yeah we both left you are having your own fun yeah we were any appointments what have you been doing I had to get my medication mailed out to me because I saw the run out and yeah can't get into see anyone until next week so yeah things are going well so what's another, the process there um, well they've, emailed, they've mailed out another two months supply of the tablets so I'd go in there next week and see them I've got to make another appointment. I've got another counselor tomorrow appointment. Then I've got one with the PLC as well. So things are starting to get there and fall into place. And how are you feeling within yourself? A lot better now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. After last week's counselor appointment, has all come a lot better. Good. No more stressing
1: can't guarantee it's going to be totally smooth sailing from here on in, but... <laughs> it's been um, good so far Since Yeah, last cool. Thursday.
2: Cool. Well, last Wednesday. Everything's starting to fall in the place. What are you doing to keep yourself busy? Uni. Mm-hmm. Yeah, doing uni, um, especially the weekends, being with the fella. So, yeah, keep my mind busy. Or your body busy by the sounds of it. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, just the mind, really. <laughs> that's all
1: good anything else you want to share with us
2: um the that's mainly surprising how many people are still actually out there willing to take the risk you don't know what their scenario is though
1: that's no. true so you can't make assumptions on their behalf
2: no that's right but it's just surprising how many people don't even when the condoms are sitting there no, everyone just goes to live and not the condoms so it's a risk they're taking themselves there's nothing we can do about it where once they're going to cry wolf there is that there is that
1: what's your take home from that
2: um, I'm going to be very mindful and probably not go to another venture into the dark room again uh, really <laughs> oh okay not why I'm seeing someone and things are looking good each to their own yep. thank
1: you very much for joining us thank you Thank you for listening to another episode of Inside HIV. If you like this episode, please give us a rating on your favourite podcast app or iTunes. It'll help others find us. And share the program with your friends. I'm Dean Beck. Stay positive.
0: Inside HIV, the podcast for positive people. Visit InsideHIV.net or download from iTunes. Made possible thanks to the Victorian AIDS Council, the AC Working Together and Vive Healthcare Positive Action Community Grants. Follow us on Twitter at HIV Podcast and like us on Facebook. HIV, the podcast for positive people.